This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. The definition of recession is a long-standing political fight, but recessions are not always identified in the moment. So when social media companies decide to weigh in and punish those who are using the wrong words, it's hard to say they have credibility to do so. Cato's Ryan Bourne and John Samples detail how economists think about recessions and how social media companies ought to respond. Ryan, let me start with you. The definition of a recession uh, you mentioned before we started recording uh, is seemingly constantly a matter of debate. And it's only when we're actually on the verge of one, when political interests get involved, that people really, really care about the the definition of a recession, either to say we're not in one or to say that we are in one. Uh, But people generally understand that a recession is a uh, not quite temporary downturn in economic activity. So so help us understand sort of the, the finer points of trying to say, well, the recession starts here, it ends here, uh, or is it just not that simple? The difficulty has always been that there's no hard and fast definition of a recession. Um uh, technically, the way that the media has kind of referred to it um, over time has tended to to take the um, the judgment of the National Bureau of Economic Research's uh, Business Cycle Dating uh, Committee uh, for, for kind of an official word on this. And they kind of define a recession as a significant decline in economic activity that is spread across the economy and lasts for more than a few months. So it tends to be quite deep, quite diffuse. Um, and long enough to constitute uh, a meaningful downturn. Now, the problem with that has always been that um, quite often those um, those periods are only defined retrospectively. So it doesn't really help you when you're considering uh, whether there should be a kind of policy response in the near term. And so you look for signs and signals um, of, of a recession to kind of help you through uh, that thought process. And I think the difficulty here is that as a proxy for that, um, across many countries and across, you know, in many textbooks uh, and even in some congressional legislation in the past, um, people have tended to proxy for that uh, recession by using the two quarters of negative growth kind of definition. Now, as you say, um, the this is all political. Ultimately, the Biden administration kind of foresaw that there was um, strong likelihood that we were going to see two consecutive quarters of fall in GDP, and so tried to get out ahead of this by by uh, reminding the media of um, how many economists uh, think about a recession and some of the broader indicators they use to to do it. But um, by and large, since the sixties and seventies, we've had this debate over what a recession um, is. Whenever a recession uh, seems close, um, this happened in 1967, 1974, and we're kind of seeing it again now. So, to the extent that this debate has been, in a sense, always political, right? Uh, you know, the people people want to be able to use that word recession to to as a as a political uh, entity. But is is it just fair to say it is a sustained time period of uh, reduced economic activity. 
Yeah, as as indicated across a broad range of indicators. So we'd usually not just look at um, real GDP, but also um, employment levels, uh, industrial production, um, uh, consumer spending in, in, in some regard. Uh, so you're really trying to get a sense of this being the whole of the economy kind of downturning in some way in aggregate. Um, now, as you've referred to, and as I kind of discussed in my first answer, um, a lot of this interacts with politics in very interesting ways. Um, back in 1967, it looked as if um, there was going to be a, a downturn defined as a recession by the MBER. And uh, Lyndon Johnson's economist at the time, Arthur Ocon, quite cleverly, uh, by all accounts, tried to define recession then as two quarters of, of downturn in real GDP, such that it would avoid uh, Lyndon Johnson being uh, labelled with that recession uh, during his period in office. Then in 1974, George Schultz kind of came out and said, well, we actually should look to the MBER, not the the two quarters downturn, because it looked like on the two quarters definition, uh, there was going to be a recession under Richard Nixon. Uh, of course, we're seeing this again now. Um, my kind of big takeaway is that a recession uh, is kind of uh, quite difficult to define with a high degree of accuracy, but economists tend to know it when they see it. And it tends to be best proxied by a broad range of indicators downturning at the same time in, in a meaningful way. So we probably shouldn't write into laws. When the United States is in a recession, the federal government shall X, Y, and Z. No, um, not unless you're going to kind of uh, then define it through some sort of proxy. And this is where it actually gets quite interesting, because actually in the past, um, as a result of this debate, there has been some pieces of uh, congressional legislation uh, where support has kicked in or um, deficit targets have been relaxed um, if there is a downturn. And they, they tend to have proxied for a recession by looking at the two quarters of negative growth. So at least at the congressional level, to the extent that there has been a definition, sometimes they have defined it in the uh, in the way that the Biden administration doesn't like. All right, John Samples, to you, uh, this political fight over the definition of recession, of course, immediately has overtaken uh, social media, so much so that uh, some people's posts uh, or some groups' posts discussing recession have been censored, downplayed, uh, been fact-checked as erroneous in some way for uh, suggesting that a recession is either happening or not happening. So what? how has that played out as you've seen it? Well, that's correct. And there's the... Uh, I recommend that everyone look at Robbie Suave's uh, article on this in Reason... Uh, about a week ago or so. Uh, basically, as Ryan said, this is a long-standing political debate. It is yet another debate here. Uh, and so it's a kind of very normal kind of political debate. The administration obviously doesn't want uh, to have a recession out there and so on. So Facebook and others, uh, mostly Facebook, set up a, a uh, set of fact-checking organizations uh, there, and at the time, Mark Zuckerberg said, you know, you really have to deal with obvious hoaxes and conspiracy theories. Well, this one debate was sent to the, a fact checker, uh, the Pointer Center, and they came back that it was false information. 
to say that it was a recession. Uh, now, they didn't take the material down. What they did was, and what they often do with fact checkers, is put in a disclaimer that said this: a fa- an independent fact checker has determined that this is uh, false information. And you can't see, uh, say, a video about this. The video is blurred. Uh, now, you can click through to it, but by the time you've uh, clicked through to it, you've been told by uh, allegedly a uh, um, authoritative force or authoritative source that, you know, this is false information. So what has happened that I find very strange is Facebook has intervened in something that is not a obvious hoax or a conspiracy theory or, or information that will cause physical harm to people who might hear it, which was part of the COVID thing. What they have intervened in is a very normal kind of political debate, and people could hear it, and they could make up their own minds about it. That's what free speech is about. Instead, we essentially have uh, Facebook, via its fact-checking partner, passing judgment on this political debate. And true, they leave the information up. But what this doesn't seem to be, as Robbie talks about in that Reason article, it really has a bad look. It looks like a partisan intervention on the side of the Biden administration. And I think many people would uh, draw that conclusion and have drawn that conclusion. The problem with that is Facebook wants broad legitimacy for its content moderation. It also says that free speech voice is its most important value. What happened here with the fact checkers really doesn't look like that. It also doesn't look like a a sensible use of fact checking as defined by Facebook from the start. All right. So what is that likely to mean for uh, social media companies that have attempted to, uh, I don't know, downplay uh, Mm -hmm. claims of recession? Well, of course, it bears mentioning at the Cato Institute that they certainly have every legal right to do so. But the problem is, this is a country that is quite divided, as everyone knows, particularly among activists. And the companies themselves, not just Facebook, but everyone wants a broad audience. That's the key to serving their shareholders. But this kind of intervention that it doesn't seem to be needed at all, that doesn't seem to be any kind of harm done to anyone of the sort that we're usually concerned about, Uh, this kind of intervention undermines the faith people could have, reasonable people could have, in content moderation. It just looks very much like something that's being done to help uh, an administration in power that is preferred. And, you know, you do have to remember that 96 something like 94% of people who donated at Facebook and all these other firms who donated money uh, to the uh, presidential campaign, oh, the, excuse me, the campaigns of uh, 2018, uh, gave to Democrats. So again, there's, these, it's, there's no uh, smoking gun. There's just a problem that as eats away slowly the legitimacy of content moderation. And we have to remember, not only do the companies have the right to do content moderation, it's essential to their mission of maximizing shareholder value. 
So this is really also cutting against the business purposes of the place of these places. So I, I guess I, I want to know from both of you if if there were a single sentence that you would place under a statement made on social media about uh, whether or not we're in a recession, what might it be? I mean, I'm I, in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, guys, this is a very controversial topic, and there are a lot of claims being thrown around. So please be skeptical when you evaluate those claims. Or nothing. Is it nothing? Do you put nothing up there? I would just stay away from suggesting on these kinds of issues that are should be and can be, uh, you know, talked about. You know, I would put under it, you have to make up your own mind. You don't need some platonic guardians of fact checkers or anyone else telling you. Just read broadly, folks. Make up your minds. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why this is potentially damaging to the credibility of social media companies in the near term is because this this downturn of two quarters of GDP um, could well be a le- leading indicator for uh, a recession being defined by the National Bureau of Economic Research at a later date, right? At the moment, uh, there are some indicate other indicators that are on the decline. Real manufacturing and trade industry sales are down since January. Um, uh, real personal income and consumption spending is actually kind of almost flatlining. Um, now, other indicators are doing a bit better. Industrial output is still up to a two point two percent since January, but it's not inconceivable that this um, two quarters downturn in real GDP isn't a leading indicator for a broader downturn over the coming months. So, you know, if you've gone out of your way to define, uh, if you've gone out of your way to, to kind of flag that. It's false information to suggest that uh, we're not in a recession. Um, then if, in retrospect, this period is defined as a recession, I think that looks damaging for social media companies. I wonder, though, John, whether their kind of get out here is to say, well, um, we're actually arguing that the fact check is a bit narrow and we're um, arguing that it's false to claim that the Biden administration is redefining a recession. Now, that's technically true because there is no uh, hard and fast definition of recession. But I think you're right that um, a lot of the actual um, kind of corrections that have been placed on these posts have gone beyond that and talked as if the MBER is a kind of authoritative source and that this is just a kind of false definition. Do I do I have that correct? Yes. No, I think that's probably correct. However, uh, the point I would make is to keep in mind the big picture here. This is a normal political debate. We have it every day in the United States. No one is going to die. No one is being... Uh, you know, demeaned or their dignity being called into question, the kind of things that Facebook is concerned about with content moderation. Uh, I think these are the kinds of things that should just be stayed out of. It's an easy call, actually, to avoid these kinds of... Otherwise, you you really are on the way to becoming an arbiter of truth for every political debate that we have, even though you're doing it through your fact checkers and all of that. And that's just not going to fly. That's just not going to fly. You're not going to have legitimate content moderation. Uh, One other element of this, Ryan, I don't know if you mentioned it during the recording, but you definitely mentioned it before we started recording, which is uh, even if we accept NBER's definition, this is the definition. If NBER are the guys in black and white stripes on the field marking when a recession begins and when it ends, uh, that typically occurs uh, or or a lot of those judgments are made well after 
uh, the recession has ended. Uh, uh, and that could be very problematic. Yeah, the MBER is made up of a committee of kind of eight people. So there's a degree of um, subjectivity as to how they weight these different indicators they look at. And a lot of these indicators, of course, are revised um, upwards or downwards by quite a lot um, in, in, the, um, in, in the months um, after the kind of initial estimates. So quite often, recessions are only dated or defined over certain periods retrospectively. Sometimes that occurs well after a year uh, from the event. So from a kind of policymaking perspective, um, it's actually not particularly helpful to point towards the MBER as an ultimate arbiter of, of recession. You kind of need to um, think about how you're going to respond in real time. Now, to a certain extent, a lot of this debate is um, is a bit absurd on the level. You know, whether we define something as a recession or not only really has political implications. Much more important is how the actual economy is doing and how people feel the economy is is uh, providing them with uh, incomes and opportunities in their own lives. And and ultimately, I think that's how people will judge the economic situation is how they actually uh, feel themselves. And in that regard, I, I wonder whether actually the White House trying to get ahead of this was actually a mistake. Um, by putting up this blog and starting this whole debate, um, the average person who only internalizes political debates for a few seconds a day will just hear Biden administration and then talk of recession. And um, and if it proves that um, this period um, wasn't, in fact, a recession as defined by the MBER, um, I think the fact that we've been having this discussion about the R word now uh, for a week will mean a lot of people kind of internalize it and, and uh, link it um, to that terminology anyway. So the most important thing here is Riot's got this right on the politics. The broad public opinion is important for the upcoming election for President Biden. Does, I really don't believe that the outcome of this debate will affect his approval rating, the most important thing in public opinion, one way or the other. If activists will be confirmed in their prior views of Biden, but they're actually quite informed and focused. Most people will be looking to what actually happens in the real world, not what people say about it. So it's this is a tempest in a teapot, and the only real mistake, I think, was social media getting involved in something that wasn't going to make it much difference at all, let alone doing severe harm to someone. Ryan Bourne occupies the R. Evan Scharf Chair for the Public Understanding of Economics at the Cato Institute. John Samples is a Vice President at the Cato Institute. Please give a rating to the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.